It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. You're listening to Tuesday Trots Life with Jason Bonington. I was in the biggest army the world has ever seen. We were marching as one on the road to the Holy Grail. Very interesting news that... Um, we've already had a bit of breaking news before Tim O'Connor joins. There's a little bit of interesting news that... Maybe this uh, congestion at the back end of the year might be um, might be looked at going forward, which I'm uh, I'm excited about. Very. Anyway, more breaking news now with uh, Tim O'Connor in just a moment. He'll, he's uh, just going to join us uh, the proper way down in OB line, not on the phone. So he uh, will go through the Inter Dominion. Well, I might go through the actual uh, my thoughts on the six qualifying heats in round one of the Inter Dominion. Three for the Trotters, three for the Pacers. Um, after we talk to Tok, but I'll get some breaking news from him as soon as humanly possible. Is he with us now? He's not, unfortunately. He's not there yet. All right, I might do this now, and then we might we might catch we'll up. come with... back to Tok. I'll yeah. let you know when Tok uh, comes on. I've texted him a couple times, so hopefully he'll be on shortly. All right, round one, first round, first heat for the Trotters. Uh, the first three are all for the Trotters, and as mentioned, their strong fields uh, just believes drawn wide. On the front line, um, we know how good he is. I think he'll be a lot better for that run the other night. Um, what's up, Majestic for Ricky Elchin and Phoebe Onyx for Kerry Ann Morris, providing some interstate influence there. Zarem, who we love, wide on the front row, but have a look on the second row. Queen Elida. It's a random barrier job, but it's more like a, a pref here in a way, because uh, apart from Just Believe, Queen Elida is the... Um, uh, I think the top seed from Australia, along with uh, Majestuoso in this series. Prison Artista has drawn awkwardly for his style inside the second row. Adele Chinese Whisper. It's hard to say that he was um, he was at his absolute best the other night, but I can't believe he went around and paid $6. I, um, I was doing Would You Believe Some Housework and forgot to back him at $6. And uh, that was more like the real Chinese Whisper, though, with Kate Gath back in the cart, powder keg. Just doesn't want to make a mistake, but Adele Chinese Whisper and uh, Whisper and Powder Keg all outside the draw, which means they can't. They have to draw gates 10, 11, and 12. But Queen Elida, the one to beat, just believe the hardest to beat in the first heat of the Inter Dominion Trotting Championship for 2022. Heat two, the Kiwi bolt for brilliance. We thought we might not see him. He's here. He's over all his troubles. Michael Guerin has been not backward in coming forward to tell us that Bolt for Brilliance will be better than all of our trotters here in Australia. Well, he's got Majestuoso drawn inside of him, so this is going to be a ripper way to start the Inter-Dominion Trotting uh, Championship with arguably the two highest-rated runners. Um, throw Queen Elida in the mix as well, but Majestuoso versus Bolt for Brilliance. The problem for everybody else, it makes it pretty hard for them. Uh, Pink Lars, we know how good she is, but she's first up from a break going into an interdom. So she's going to want to um, accumulate points here and then improve through the series. Sundance Courage, hatchback, always ready. 
yeah, everyone's in a bit of bother here. The well-drawn one might be anywhere Hugo to just accumulate some points. Gate eight inside the second row behind the leader or three poles in transit. Uh, race four is the third of the trotting heats, qualifying heats for the Inter Dominion Series, SEN track sponsoring. And one overall, uh, mobile conditions. Let's see. He's very good one overall. I think that he can. Uh, I think that he can probably lead these. Uh, Majestic Harry, trained by Stephanie Graham, driven by Brittany Graham. She'll be excited, and won't she have a big job to do? Out there doing the interviews for Sky, and then jumping in the cart um, to contest the uh, the final of the three qualifying heats in round one of the Inter Dominion Series for the Square Gators. So that'll be interesting to see how Majestic Harry can go. Vacation Hills drawn awkwardly, and not going as well as it can. B four Bacardi. Now with Emma Stewart, we've got Mufasa Metro. Um, that's drawn the second row. He's a really good horse, but the second line draw is not going to help his cause, you wouldn't have thought, although he can overcome it. O Fortuna in there for Craig Demler. Uh, Tea Tree Tommy, Brandlow Prince, Robbie Royale. It's going to be a good race, that one. I'm leaning towards one overall. Uh, also should mention nephew of Sunoco. Yeah, it's on the front row, but one overall and maybe Mufasa Metro, the top-rated ones there. Look forward to seeing what B4 Bacardi can do. Now we get to the paces. Uh, SEN Track Inter-Dominion Pacing Championship. Round one, qualifying heat. And we've got, um, geez, a big field here. We've got three emergencies. Monomia, Julie Binitro, Makeway all drawn outside the field. Uh, Mac Dan has drawn barrier two. He's flying, as we know. I think he's gone to another level, this preparation. Bulletproof boy. He just wants to accumulate some points here. If he draws well for the uh, sprint Heats on Tuesday night, and he does well enough here. He's a good chance of uh, making the final. So I would have an early place bit on him now uh, in the final. Act now. Uh, there was some uh, some fun bands between Jody Quintland and I uh, over how much gate speed Act now has. Um, we'll find out on on uh, Saturday night, won't we? Uh, drawn seven. What do you do? Maybe Jody says we won't press the button here though, and goes back at the start. That'll be intriguing. Wolf strides inside the second row. Expensive ego. One of the heavy hitters is drawn okay. Okay, trailing draw off the second row. Hooligan in in the series as well. Second heat of the SEN Track Inter Dominion Pacing Championship. Um, first round of qualifying. Second heat for the Pacers. Let's have a look at this one. Zeus Bromack for Paul Fitzpatrick and Alpine Stride. So good to see a lot of New South Wales horses here, including Elta Orlando, who's got staggering, stunning gate speed. Uh, will he use it for Jack Callaghan? Will Jack Kelligan use it? Um, Tango Tara's drawn one. Uh, it's also got pretty good gate speed. Better be the bomb awkwardly drawn in four. Sticky gate. Majestic Cruiser, who you would think will really peak when the long distances come around towards the end of the series, uh, is drawn inside the second row. Then Beyond Delight, Honolulu Bay. This is a great heat. Spirit of St. Louis is there as well, and Sicario. And we'll get to the final uh, of the heats in a moment. But we have got... Tim O'Connor, maybe for this segment up to the news and for another few minutes after that. How are you, Talk? Hey, mate. Good to be on. And, uh, gee, I'll tell you what. It's, I just sent a message to uh, Michael Howard, a colleague of ours. I said, oh, this is exciting. I'm already excited. It's uh, it's only the first few hours of uh, Inter Dominion Week. It's uh, it's an exciting time to be in harness racing. We have all the um, uh, the naysaying and uh, all the rest of it uh, heading in, you know, should be worth more money, yada, yada, yada. But at the end of the day, you look at the field and it... it it all just falls away, doesn't it? It all just sort of peels off because the quality of the horses going around, the level of interstate influence, um, the excitement of how many of, how, how many great horses will be contesting these qualifiers. And then, as I mentioned right off to the top, 
the job that you and I and others have to try and weave a passage and work out, you know, who's going to win, um, who's going to want to accumulate points. It, it's actually intellectually more exciting than any other race series because of the fact that you do need to wind your way through the series and be peaking at the back end. So you, you, you really need to look through this um, with a, a different kind of form to a normal meeting, don't you? You do, absolutely. I, know I, uh, I spoke to Andy Gath uh, just a short time ago just to, to get his gut feel on the draws that his sources have received. And obviously the, the key runner for him throughout the, the series is Majestuoso drawing barrier one. Uh, one gate inside Bolt for Brilliance. And I just asked him, obviously, obviously he was going to be happy with that, but he, he reiterated the importance of drawing well on opening heat night, Bon. Yeah. Just, you don't want to be on that back foot. You don't want to draw 13 and only pick up a few points in the first heat. It just, you know, even if he runs second or third or something, which you would think he would from that draw, like it's just a great start to the series because you can't be assured you're going to get good draws. I, I love the... Yeah, it's something we no doubt will play on through the course of the series in the media department. But the uniqueness of this series across all three racing codes um, needs to be amplified, I think, because it's it's interesting right right the way through, isn't it? And there's different circumstances and storylines that'll uh, that'll emerge, and there'll be injuries, there'll be horses that won't make it right the way through, almost certainly. So, uh, yeah, just an intriguing series. I can't wait for it. But it's like. It- I really don't even know how to, what to compare it with. I mean, it's like having the top four teams in the AFL, um, two te- you know, have two matches on Saturday, then you play again on Tuesday, then you've got to play again on Saturday, and, yeah. and it's a round robin, and you've got to accumulate points and win by margins. It, the complexity of it and the way it challenges, as mentioned uh, right off the top, the, the challenge to the horse people for a start, that, that's number one, then the drivers, then the punters. Everyone has to be on their medal. And you did write, uh, and, and uh, Andy did write about the fact that drawing well on the opening night is so important, critically because in round two, if you draw badly over the sprint, it's very hard to accumulate points. Mm. You don't want to be in a situation where you have to go hog wild and, and do something crazy on night three over the long trip, do you? Because even though you've got a weak break, uh, you just don't want to have to do that because you've already raced twice in a week. That'll be your third time. So this, everyone's got to be tuning in on Saturday night to Trot's Vision and uh, Sky Racing to follow this and to have their own little Excel spreadsheets going because <laughs> if, you, if you're going to have a bet um, now or even after round one, you want to get a guide. In fact, now's not a bad time if you're going to have a futures bet because you try and work out what you think is going to happen here and it's ha- going to have a great bearing on whether you're even a chance or a good chance of making the final. Yeah, it is. Um, and back to your earlier discussion around the draws, I think it's yeah importantly you don't want to be in a situation where heading into heat two or heat three you're forced to drive your horse out of his comfort zone or out of her comfort zone um, just because you've got to accumulate points. Which you know I'm trying to think of the right scenario, but a horse is a horse that's a noted backrunner that you feel you've got to drive forward on a sprint in the sprint trip at Shepherd, and just because you you only picked up one point on uh, on night one at Ballarat, it's. Uh, yeah, it's going to be uh, fun to navigate. I'm sure you're going to have no problem filling some uh, air time over the next couple of weeks because there's stories are plenty. And just looking through myself from a from a you know from a journalist perspective, I think one of the great stories, Bon, and look, the horse has probably got no chance to be fair. But Bob Kuchermeister competing yeah, man. In, in a trotting series uh, at age of 82. I've just uh, asked John Dunn, one of our colleagues, to pen a story on him that we hope to get across a few newspapers. I think it's. Um, it's what the third 
heat is allowed. Um, I know there's a bit of conjecture on whether we'll have a third round of heats for the trotters, and that that has actually happened, and that's expanded the field to 36 runners, and that gives people like Bob Kuchermeister a chance to compete in this series. It's going to be a wonderful story um, in the course of the heats. There's no doubt about it, and, and critically, actually on Geelong Cup night, Bobby wasn't feeling 100%, so I'm hoping he's feeling better now. And as we go to the news, one of the great things for Bob Kuchermeister being in this series is – Round three will be in Geelong, which is virtually his hometown, given he lives down in Bannockburn Way. So he's going to have, um, even if he, even if Leanne, Leanne doesn't make the final, and look, she probably won't, it's going to be a wonderful um, lap of honour there at Beckley Park for uh, for Bobby Kutchenmeister, who's been a legend for a number of years. We'll go to the news, come back, and spend a few more minutes with some breaking news with Tim O'Connor from Harness Racing Victoria. You're listening to Tuesday Trots Life with Jason Bonington. Last night. Welcome back. Uh, talk, you'll be, you'll, 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 you'll be coming to the to Bells on Thursday night, won't you? There is a whisper of it. Yeah, yeah. I did. Uh, I will confirm that. But we have got uh, we got some stuff uh, on at the offices on Thursday that I need to be down in Melbourne for. So I will confirm that with you. Yeah, so I... it looks like an awfully fun night at the office, and it'd be nice to sit back and uh, not have to carry on like an idiot myself and just watch you and uh, and Mitch Abaya do it. Yeah, and uh, and and the watchdog and Toddy Gray and Troy Little. I don't think Troy Boy will uh, he'll get too wild, but he'll tip plenty of winners, no doubt about it. Um, now I know you're a busy man, so. I'll only keep you for another uh, five or six minutes, but have you got any? Have you got any little bits of um, breaking news around the traps at the moment as we head towards round one of the Inter Dominion series on Saturday night? Yeah, well, I haven't heard the early part of your show, Bomb, but I, I don't assume you would have touched on this because this has just come through from Michael Guerin, and it's quite a sad story about Ray Green. Um, I might just read the first few lines of Michael Guerin's story actually, because we've just put it on the line online at thetrots.com.au. I'll just read it now. Just two weeks after copy that gave him the greatest victory of his training career, Ray Green is in intensive care at an Auckland hospital after being kicked by a horse with his wife, Deb, saying he is not out of the woods yet. Uh, The enormously popular trainer was on top of the harness racing world at Addington on November 8 after copy that defended his New Zealand Cup title, the second win meaning so much more because he could be there after being trapped in Auckland by COVID-19 restrictions last season. Just a couple of quotes uh, from his wife, Deb, um, who says that on Monday morning, Ray was kicked uh, by a filly in his stabling area with the injuries far more serious than initially thought. At the time, Ray didn't think it was a big deal, but his blood pressure kept falling and he was getting cold, which we know might have been b- because of internal bleeding. Apparently, uh, Ray's undergone a seven-hour operation, which saw part of his bowel and colon removed. So that's the latest on Ray, Bond, which is extremely sad. Of course, Ray was out here for a long period of time, staying at Anton Galino's property just out of Ballarat here with uh, Copy That. And, um, yeah, that's the latest through on him. So from everyone in harness racing here in Australia and at SEN Track, we wish him all the best. Jeez, that is just yeah. awful. And uh, I've I've heard of this kind of thing before because, sadly, um, uh, horse people are so tough. I mean, anybody else uh, who had been kicked hard enough that clearly there's been a a, a massive laceration of the of the GI tract there and, and internal hemorrhaging, but Ray's they're just so tough, aren't they? They they think everything's okay, but um, that's not okay. Seven hour operation, uh, there must have been quite a bit of bleeding to be in intensive care. So we, our thoughts and prayers of the entire 
um, Australasian harness racing world with Ray Green, no doubt about it, Doc. Yeah, absolutely. That was just something I literally uh, had only... I didn't even know about when, we, when I jumped on the line with you, Bond, so it's very fresh to hand, uh, at least uh, from my perspective. And, uh, yeah, Michael Guerin's just penned a piece there. So if you want to read a bit more about Ray and the situation, he's written quite a long piece, to be honest, probably four or 500 words. That's up at thechots.com.au. Um, yeah, so some obviously some bad, sad news there uh, around what is a really exciting week in, in harness racing. So uh, I thought I would pass that on because Ray's a much-loved character, obviously in New Zealand, but uh, very well-known and respected here in Australia. And I, I don't, I've never met Ray face-to-face, but he did take a few of my calls through, uh, through Copy That's campaign when uh, the horse wasn't going uh, at his best, and he was fantastic to deal with, and we had a bit of a laugh. And, yeah, just seemed like a lovely guy, so... Uh, hoping everything's okay with Ray, 77 year old, obviously um, in some uh, in a bit of a dire situation at the moment. Um, not good. Uh, am I right? Just I've got a bit of my own breaking news here. Um, okay, what do you got for us? I've, and I'm trying to have a bet at the same time. Now, <laughs> hang on a minute. <laughs> the, the, the markets are just slowly being released for the okay. inter, for the Inter Dominion. Um, tell me what price you would expect for. Uh, Queen Elida. Well, I thought she'd be favourite. Uh, one over is one overall in that. No, so I'll give it. I'll give you the field. Phoebe, Phoebe Sleepy. What's up, Majestic Lot of Muscle, uh, Kukulin, Just Believe, Zarim, Parisian Artiste, Queen Elida, Adele, Chinese Whisper, Powder Keg. Uh, I thought she'd be. I thought she'd be probably still favourite over Just Believe. So maybe two fifty. Um. Well, she's two. She's two ninety, and just believes a dollar ninety five. Yeah, I probably would have almost said that the way around. I'm having. Would you? Yes, I'd. I'd, I'd yes, I've, I would have had. I, I would never have had ever. I never ever have early bets because I feel like I need to do the form well, properly. Money in the account, have you? Well, um, there's plenty in there at the moment. <laughs> well, that's I've good. got a nice quality loss. Um, uh, but uh, yes, that is. Any other markets, Bon? Off the top. I'm just. Uh, well, I'm just going to have a quick squeeze now. Did you go and? Was I right in thinking you went and visited Emery Clayton yesterday or not? I did, yeah. Sorry, I could have, I, we could have spoken about that. Yeah, I went and uh, had a chat to Emma and Clayton. I was actually listening to yourself and Steve Cleave in the in the last sort of ten minutes of your show, and you played the replay, Bon, uh, of the call from Dan Malecki. And I, I'm glad you you guys mentioned. I think Steve and obviously you agree, but it was just a wonderful call. It had the uh, the goosebumps going in the car. It was a perfect timing because I, I pulled up in the car park there and. I said to Emma and Clayton, I, I just felt obliged to go out there and visit visit them and talk to them about this horse because I haven't seen a reaction like it in my time. Um, I know Ride High caused a lot um, of interest when he was running, but I wasn't working at HRV then. So, yeah, we were, had a bit of a chat. Chariots of Fire is the number one goal for Captain Ravishing and uh, Miracle Mile is on the radar as well. That would possibly see Captain Ravishing and Ladies in Red clash in a Miracle Mile. Um I'd be in the Captain Ravishing corner, but um, what a race that would be. So they're, they're just taking the time with him. They're just going to pick and choose their races. No surprise there. Uh, he was out in the little paddock having a little break, but they said he'd pulled up sensational. And they just, yeah, they like all us harness racing fans. Couldn't probably quite fathom what he did and didn't expect it, but uh, were wrapped nonetheless. So uh, the latest on Captain Ravishing, he's good to go, but he'll probably head towards the Chariots of Fire early next year. Well, the, um, the, the I mean, the famous quote that I've, I've used about 20 times since, and which is why I called Clayton Tonkin on Sunday morning, is, uh, of course, you going out there not so long ago and comparing right high with Captain Ravishing and, and having Clayton tell you to chin yourself. 
Um, but no, I th- told Al- he also told Alan McDonough to do it as well. Um, <laughs> to chin me. But I think that that's all turned around now, hasn't it? Okay, well, I well, should have asked him again. Well, yeah, the, I, 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 well, I can tell you from my conversation that yeah, that's nobody's chinning themselves, and, and, so, and so nobody's chinning anybody should, else. Should Clayton be chinning himself? <laughs> I'm certainly not going to suggest that he do that, no, uh, Tom. But if you'd like to, that's up to you. Um, but uh, just an amazing, an amazing, amazing horse, an incredible, an incredible performance. Is that the best performance you've seen, Bon? You've been in harness racing a long, long time. Is that the number one performance you've seen on a racetrack? Um, look, it'd be. I think Shannon Nixon actually um, uh, made a great comparison. I think in terms of Melton, um, they're the top three. Lazarus is Hunter Cup. Over Soho Tribeca, um, it's still hard to top the the forty eight performance from um, from Lock and Varad. And I'll, and I'll, the only the only thing like in terms of visually spectacular, yes, yes, what I saw Saturday night was the best. But Lock and Varad at that time crushed self assured, just absolutely spat him out, chewed him up and spat him out in a four year old Bonanza in forty eight. So. I'd put them alongside each other, but I, over the years, it's it's a different world, isn't it now? Because I think of some of my greatest uh, performances, like Lazarus and his New Zealand Cup wins, um, even when he got defeated over there in um, in in WA, and then y- yep. you've got Blacks of Fake and some of the things. His win in the Inter Dominion, his Inter Dominion in Menangle is my favourite of all time when he took off down the back. But I, I think when you're talking about, and this is what we discussed a little bit earlier, I discussed with Matty Leppard, when you're talking about a, a promotional, marketable horse, you couldn't get better than this guy because he's just – the name's great. He's sexy. He's incredibly yeah, fast. He's got the lot, hasn't he, for us to be able to use him to rope others in. And, um, yeah, spot on. It's hard to – I probably would say it's one of the greatest things I've seen in a race trip. But it, then, you, then you go, okay, it was in restricted company, and then it's hard not to go past some of the open-class performances in big races. So – yeah, I think you're right, and maybe just putting a little asterisk there. Maybe the most visually stunning thing we've ever seen. Um, yeah, and you're right. Great name. Uh, he's fast, and just I don't want to be always giving Dan Malecki a pat on the back. He doesn't need it because he gets it all the time. But he knows when a big moment's there, and he almost. I reckon he knew that this would be marketed this moment, and he just went to another level. We, we always talk about him. He rises on the big occasions, but he almost went another level. He probably thought. I can see this replay being used a few times. Uh, I'm going to go hard on this because he just nailed it. It was just a wonderful call. And even Emma, I asked Emma yesterday, and it's on the, a little video I put on social media. As soon as I mentioned Dan's call, a big smile went across her face. Um, yeah, she loved it as well. That is one of the greatest <laughs> performances I've ever seen. And when Dan says it, it means more than when everyone else says it. Hey, Tok, thanks for joining us, mate. I know you're busy. Get to work and um, we'll get out to your hometown on Saturday night for round one. Looking forward to it, mate. We'll talk soon. Break time. Back in a moment.